The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about, freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. And I was just laughing at the timing of Rob being the scripture reader because he is a, an infectious disease guy. <clears throat> and this is about a leper, right? So that's just, that's ironic. That's, that's funny. Did Ben plan that? <clears throat> well, good morning. Um, have, you, have you ever had a, um, a rash, or in my case, a cold, uh, but, but a rash, an itch, right, that that, um, that you scratch it and it just won't go away, right? Um, itchy red bumps appear uh, somewhere on your body. The more you itch, the more you scratch, right? The redder it gets, and it's, it's itchier, right? It just doesn't go away. Um, now, for me, um, you know, like in those cases, you know, I try my hardest not to scratch it, and when I'm not scratching it, then I just get really uncomfortable, right? And you're just like, I just want to itch it, like, so badly. Like, I would love to just... And so I usually reach for the hydrocortisone cream, right? That, stuff, that stuff's like magic. And within one, one or two days, that, you know, the itch is gone, right? Um, it's, it's the cure for that kind of uh, 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 helps, helps for relief for an itch. Um, well, in Jesus' day, when he was alive, um, leprosy was a dreadful disease that nobody really wanted. And a number of people had. Um, but it wasn't just uncomfortable, it, it actually made people feel hopeless, without hope. They were hopeless not only because their bodies were uh, often covered with sores, and they looked like, uh, as some of the ancients would describe, uh, the walking dead. Like dead man, that's a dead man walking. That's, that's how the description is. I mean, literally, it looks like you should be a corpse. You belong in the grave, and yet you're living, and you're walking around. Um, and so, so it was such a hopeless situation for that reason, but also hopeless because they were cast out of normal society. So they did not belong uh, with everyone else. They had to live outside the bounds of, of society where no one else really was. Uh, and if they ever, <clears throat> if they got near uncontaminated people, they would have to shout, unclean, 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 right? Like, warning. You know, get away. I mean, there's, there's such a distance between um, somebody who, who was labeled unclean uh, with those who are, who are clean. Um, now, maybe some of you appreciate the warning this morning when I would not shake your hand because I have a cold. And you're like, thank you. I did not want that. Um, that's, a, that's a note of courtesy. But um, so it's not the same thing, but it's similar. Um, <clears throat> but everybody was afraid of getting what looked like a highly infectious disease. And so... Um, Lepers were often isolated and alone. Um, they were uh, separated uh, by their uncleanliness, uh, by the priests of the day. 
And some even believe that a leper uh, got what he had due to a sin that he committed. And so on top of everything else, right, being a social outcast, having to deal with the disease itself, right, on top of that, you now have the guilt of God's condemnation, of God's disfavor thrown upon you as well. And that's a pretty hopeless situation, right? So today we're going to look at, in this story, this you know, short five verses, a hopeless situation and how this leper finds hope, how he finds the cure. So that's, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Um, and let me just ask, have you ever been in a situation where you felt hopeless? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt really guilty for maybe something you've done in the past or something you're doing right now? Um, how about alone? How about longing for you know, a certain type of community, a certain kind of friendship, a certain kind of relationship? Um, does guilt hang over you? Do you feel burdened? Um, I, think, I think today, you know, in this story, we find amazing relief and, and hope in the gospel of Jesus. So that's what I want us to, to focus on. So we'll look at two things this morning. Uh, what was the problem? And um, let's see, there's only one. So what, what is the problem and the cost to being cured? Um, so you can write those down if you're on this side of the room. <clears throat> so what was the problem? Mark 1. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Verse 41. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. <laughs> I mean, so the, so the first thing we see is uh, what would, would stand out if, if we're aware of this um, illness and in this certain society, right, um, is uh, it took an immense amount of faith on the part of the leper uh, to approach Jesus, right? He, um, he risked everything, uh, you know, put everything out there uh, to kneel before Jesus here. He broke uh, the Torah, the, whole, the law, and, and, and he broke social customs of the day um, to stand there and kneel before Jesus. And so what he did was very risky. But notice his trust in, in Jesus. He says, if you will... You can make me clean. So what we see is he never doubted Jesus' ability to cleanse him. What he doubted was Jesus' willingness to heal him, to cleanse him. Right? It wasn't about ability. It was about willingness. Um, as I was reflecting back during this week, I remembered how, um, how often I have been like the leper. Uh, where I, I've trusted, I've known that God is able to do something for me. I, I, I know that God is able to look out for my best interests, right? That he has my best interests in mind. That he knows best. I know that God is sovereign. I know that God is the creator and sustainer of all things, right? I know all of that stuff. So I don't, I don't doubt his ability. But is God willing to rescue me? Is God willing to help me? Is God willing to hear my prayer? Is God willing to listen to me? When I need him. I think that's something, if we're honest, it's hard to believe. Um, but here in the story, we find we're met with this, this God who's not just able, but this God who is willing 
to listen to those who need help. And so whenever you doubt God's willingness to hear your prayers, remember how he dealt kindly with this leper. This is a God who will deal favorably, kindly with you if you come to him. So, verse 41, I want you to look there with me. It says, move with pity. Uh, In our translation, the ESV, right? It says, verse 41, move with pity. Um, The NIV translation says, uh, filled with compassion. And if we started comparing different translations, uh, we'd find another translation, which might surprise us a little. Uh, It would say, filled with anger. That's a little different, right? If somebody is compassionate towards me versus somebody who's angry, that's a totally different emotional state. Am, am I right? Or are those the same? Would you rather have an angry person talking to you or a compassionate person? Let's see who's listening. <laughs> compassionate, right? Um, so, I, I mean, it's a little startling. And it might sound wrong, um, but an earlier manuscript, uh, you know, when we're looking at uh, textual criticism and all that stuff, uh, an early manu- manuscript actually has this reading. And um, copy- copyists would often change the, the harder, the more difficult reading to make it easier, to make it more accessible. Um, and so, so it's actually more likely that that is the true reading, the one that's more difficult, right, that he's angry in this case. But what's he angry about? What's going on here? Um, anger, first of all, anger is not always a bad thing in the Bible. Um, God was angry over Israel's misery in Judges 10. A couple years ago, we went over Judges. And, uh, but he was, he, was, he was, you know, sad and he was grieved at their state and over their, their sinful condition. And so I think what it's saying here is that Jesus was angry at the miserable life this leper had to live, the conditions that he had to live with, with the so- social uh, ostracization, you know, he's an outcast, um, and I think we know that because Jesus was actually willing to cleanse him, <laughs> right? So um, if you were angry at the man rather than the helpless condition, the hopeless condition that he was in, um, he wouldn't have done that. So Jesus is, what we see here, is he's angry at the, the powers that hold all of creation in a kind of tyranny, a kind of bondage, um, where creation, something that God created as good, right? God created as beautiful, all of a sudden is perverted and twisted and made to be not as good as it should have been. Um, and I think it's an anger at the, the systems and structures in place in every society that, that oppress others, that devalue others, that marginalize a group of people. For example, in this case, the lepers, um, and, and rob people of their human dignity. In our country, I think it seems that the most marginalized are the voiceless, right? I'm talking about the unborn. And I think Jesus is angry at the oppressive powers that keep working to end the precious lives of so many unborn. But he's also angry at the racism in our country, the bigotry, the inability to love the sojourner, the refugee, the immigrant. So there's an anger against oppression of this dominant dominion that, 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 that one day the king, this is Mark's message here, that the king Jesus is going to overturn all of these corrupt earthly powers 
that rob people of their dignity. One day, when his kingdom fully comes, of which these stories are mere signs, one day God's people will thrive and, and flourish and have all the dignity and value that we deserve. One day oppression will be no more. One day racism will be no more. One day sickness will be no more. One day abuse will be no more. One day death will be no more. So by Jesus' reaction here, excuse me, I need to clear my throat. I think I have a water. Um, One of the things that that we see and we're reminded about is the <clears throat> humanity of Jesus. That Jesus was truly human. Uh, it come, it, it's so clear here. That Jesus was uh, truly God. I mean, that's something that's, I think, easy for us to understand. But that Jesus was actually human, that's harder. Um, but here we see he experiences the full range of human emotions, um, whether it, it was compassion or, as I'm thinking here, it was a righteous anger at the conditions of fallen hum- humanity. Um, This Jesus is the Jesus who weeps at death. This is the Jesus who gets righteously angry at hypocrisy and turns tables. I think our our, our Redemption kids learned about that a few weeks ago. Um, One of my my sons brought us a drawing, and I did not understand. I think it was Benita who pointed it out, what it was. And it was was the scene of Jesus overturning the tables. It's great. Our kids are learning. Um, But this is the Jesus who, who loves deeply, right? He was human. And so, back to the, the kind of overarching point here that I'm trying to make. Um, what is the problem? Right, what's the problem that we see? Um, at first sight, the problem seems very obvious. Okay? I'm going to ask, what's the problem? Does anybody know? Crickets. Oh, come on. What's the, what's the problem of this man? What's his plight? He has leprosy. Thank you. He has leprosy. Right. He, has, he needs for his skin disease to go away. He needs to be ritually cleansed so he can be socially accepted back. Right? All, all that stuff, right? He needs to be cleansed. That's his, his problem. The deeper problem, um, the issue isn't really, though, and this is why nobody said anything, right? Because you knew it was a trick question. So you're all smarter than I am, so good job. Um, the issue is not that he had leprosy. His, his, his problem is that he was an outcast. His, the disease robbed him of his health, yeah, but it also took away, I mean, think about it. It took away his, his, his name. His, if he it was a man who had once had a good reputation with a family, um, it took away his kids. It took away his ability to work. It took away his ability to flourish to have some kind of sense of purpose. I mean, what was, as an outcast, I mean, you, you're literally thrown out in the, in the desolate place to do nothing, but I guess I just need to die, <laughs> right? So, I mean, just completely robbed of everything, robbed of what it means to be human. <clears throat> His real problem is that he couldn't gather in the assembly to worship God. He was, in, he was cast out of society, deemed a man unfit to be in society, a man who was unclean. I think if we look at this story, um, the leper's position before the Jewish community is our position before God apart from Christ. 
I'm going to say this differently. Our problem is not that we're lonely or we feel guilty or we need to get a little bit better in this area or that. Our, our real problem is that every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is guilty of sin. And, and our sin actually separates us from communion with God and from love of neighbor. Um, and so we need to be healed, right? Like the leper, we need to be not from the consequences of sin, but from our sin itself. We need to be forgiven and cleansed. We need to be washed and renewed. And all of us are outcasts, lepers in this story, and we are in need of divine grace. Um, and that's exactly the thing that, that Jesus is able to do for all who kneel before him. That's what's amazing about the story, right? That... Um, that, that this leper is met with that grace, and that's what we're going to see. Um, let's pause here, though, for a second and just think about what is it, though, that you need healing from? Um, where are you hurting today? See, Jesus offers to give his healing touch if you kneel before him. Jesus offers to cleanse you. Jesus offers to renew you. Jesus offers hope, not only for the hurt that you feel, but of your deepest problem of all, of separation from God. And he gives you friendship with God. Will you trust in Christ today? Will you rest in him? The second thing I want us to look at is the cost to being cure, cured. The cost to being cured. Um, the second thing we see is there's this cost to being cured by Jesus. To put it another way, there's a cost to discipleship, right? It is costly to follow after Jesus. You're clearing your throat, too. Verse 43. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. Uh, pause there for a second. Because... Uh, so we see sternly charged, right? Um, the word here isn't really like a sternly charged. It's, it's Jesus snorted. Like, you know what a snort is? Um, I can't, somebody's got to do it for me. I can't do it. Can somebody snort? Yeah, there's a snort. Yeah, like a, it's all like a pig noise, right? A little bit of, like, a, <clears throat> like I can't do it. See, my, I, there it is. That was a good snort. Perfect. Thank you. That was a snort. So that's exactly, right? It's, a, it's, it's the flaring up of the nostrils, right? It, it's like a, it's a, a natural reaction when you're angry, right? You're flared up. Um, and he was angry. So why the intense reaction, though, after a healing, right? After being cured, curing this guy? I think the only reasonable explanation for that is, is he's insistent on guarding his identity as the Messiah. You see, the Messiah, the Christ, right? Uh, the Messiah, the anointed one. That is a loaded term. I mean, when you're reading the Old Testament, it, it comes with all kinds of different stuff. And I think Jesus didn't want people to assume that they knew what they were talking about when they thought of the Messiah, but he wanted to set the terms of that. He wanted to define it. And he couldn't do it right away. It had to, it had to wait a little bit for people to understand what he meant. Um, he didn't want people to be so fixated on the healings that they missed the point that the kingdom of God is coming, that the king is coming to overturn and undo 
all the evil in this world, that he has come to make everything right side up again, the backwards straight, to restore and renew the world. And so Jesus says in verse 44, see that you, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer your, for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 45. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. Let's, let's make that noise together. This is good. <clears throat> so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Okay, so notice what, what Jesus asked for this man to do. So he says, follow uh, the Mosaic law uh, process to be pronounced clean, right? Uh, do all this, this ritual cleansing, basically... Um, go through the normal channels, the, the proper procedure to be restored back into society as if a natural healing just occurred, right? That Jesus wasn't really a part of it. Um, and honoring the religious system in place. And Jesus asks him, this is a very simple request, he asks him to keep quiet about what Jesus did for him. So the leper, what, what happens? The leper, instead of listening and obeying Jesus, in this case, he decides to do the opposite of what Jesus tells him to do. Uh, we're even told that, um, sorry, we're not told that um, uh, eventually he went to Jerusalem and went through all the channels of cleansing that he was supposed to. It, that detail is left out. So we're, we're left to wonder, did he do it or did he not even go through that cleansing process? Or did he just go out in the public and just start saying to everybody, hey, Jesus, Jesus cleansed me. <laughs> He made, me, he made me good. I'm here. I'm, I'm, look, it's all gone. Not a leper anymore. Uh, you know, that there was no delay. Um, the consequence of the actions here of this man is that Jesus can't freely go in and about, um, in and out of cities without drawing massive attention. And so uh, what the scriptures say is he had to hide out um, in desolate places, um, and, and, and now many people would, would go out to find him out, even in desolate places, um, <clears throat> going outside the city to find him because he was so popular. Um, on the one hand, though, can't you sympathize with this leper? Can't you really relate? Um, <clears throat> I mean, he just experienced total healing that was life-changing, that altered everything about him. <laughs> And allowed for him to participate again, to have a purpose in life, right? Um, who wouldn't want to share that with the world, right? Uh, if you've ever been in need of something, right? You got a, a sketchy car, <laughs> a car that just keeps breaking down. It's unreliable, and somebody says, "You know what? I have an extra car. Here's a new car <laughs> that you can drive." I mean, you're going to be stoked over the fact that you just got a car that works, right? You're going to tell people about that. Hey, the other day, this guy gave me his car. <laughs> like, you're going to say that. You, it's just going to spill out of you to want to share that with others. Um, so here's an example of, of um, I think, the need for careful application when we're reading the Bible. Um, that just because Jesus tells this man to be silent about sharing about who Jesus is, doesn't mean that we should be silent about sharing with others who Jesus is, right? Um, not all types of discipleship require the same thing. They're not all uh, the same for every time and place. And so uh, a disciple will, of course, spread the word about Jesus and share. 
our response to what God has done for us, I think, will lead us to want to share what God is able and willing to do for others. But for this man, the cured leper, there was a cost. So there's a cost to being cured. Um, I want to explain, I want to share three insights, three things that I think, um, well, three ways following Jesus is costly. Three ways. So the first reason. It is costly to follow. It's costly because Jesus commands us to do what he says. It is costly because Jesus commands us to do what he says. So if, and if, if you come to Jesus, when you profess faith in Jesus, you can no longer do what you want to do. You can no longer do what you want. We give up our right to be little kings and, and queens over our little kingdoms uh, when we come to the king of the kingdom. And so following Jesus comes with a great price, a cost. For this leper, it was supposed to be the cost of silence. Right? He should have denied his desire to tell everybody about what Jesus just did, to obey the voice of the Lord who did what he just did. Um, but maybe in your life, God is asking you to speak up. Maybe in your life, God is actually leading you to be a little bit more bold with a friend or a coworker about sharing what it is that you believe, that you're a Christian. Maybe you should be a little louder when it comes to standing up for what's right. Maybe you need to be doing the right thing when no one else is looking. When a person is cured by Jesus, he offers us a life of obedience. Uh, The theological way to put this is that Jesus is both our justification and our sanctification. Now, whoa, what's that? (laughs) Faith in Jesus means that we're counted as righteous when we're forgiven, but it also means that he's going to make us more righteous too. So our, our obedience, it flows from the cross, right? Leading us to... Um, obedience doesn't add to what Jesus has done for us. Uh, We just sang, not long ago, a famous hymn called Rock of Ages. Um, And there's a beautiful line that that really uh, puts it like this. And sorry, no singing today. So sorry to disappoint. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Remember those words we just sang? Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. The double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. So Jesus both saves me from wrath and he cleanses me. He makes me pure. So he might command us to do something, but the same God who commands us to do something also enables us to do what he commands Second, it's costly because Jesus changes who we are. Jesus changes who we are. So before meeting Jesus and being cured by him, this man is known as a leper, an outcast. After being cured by Jesus, this isolated outcast who had no social influence whatsoever 
suddenly becomes a pretty highly influential person, right? Because towns have now heard about this miraculous healing that's going on. Um, So Jesus changed who this man was. He went from being a leper to being a preacher, to being a herald of good news that Jesus makes people well. Jesus can cure lepers. Jesus makes the sick healthy. Um, Last week, I didn't highlight this this at all. Um, I didn't focus on it. But uh, after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, remember that story last week? Um, She was um, um, uh, bedridden. Um, well, in that, in that story, there's a Greek word used there. It's uh, diakonia, uh, diakonia, or diakonia. Uh, it's where we get the word deacon from, or servant. And so this mother, mother-in-law of Peter, right, uh, she essentially went from being bedridden, from being laid out, unable to do anything, to basically being a deacon, a servant in the church, um, because of Jesus' healing of her. That is the kind of impact that Jesus has on everyone he touches. He changes who we are. The question I have is, how has Jesus changed you? Or how is Jesus changing you? Is Jesus starting to change who you are? How is he, how is he doing that? Is he, is he starting to move you from being more isolated to being in community more? Is he taking you from being bedridden or being on the couch to now going out and doing what it is that he's calling you to do? Third thing, uh, it's costly because Jesus himself paid the price. So this is the last thing I want to say about this passage. It's costly because Jesus himself paid the price. Um, Excuse me. So when he touches the leper, the man became clean. And Jesus, by touching the leper, at least ritually, Jesus becomes unclean. Clean and unclean. Many people feared infection. That's why they placed lepers outside of society. He who was clean became unclean so that the unclean man could become clean. That sounds kind of familiar. What a, I mean, what a great picture, right? <coughs> Something happened? That's awesome. You enjoy it, buddy. You enjoy it. Get that rest. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's such a great picture, though, this, this clean, unclean, right? Um, a, great, uh, a great picture of the great exchange that that uh, is coming at the cross in the story, right? Where he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. So here's a preview of what's happening later in Mark, what has already happened 2,000 years ago for us, but in this story it's not happened yet, right? When Jesus himself is going to be placed outside of the city gates of Jerusalem at Golgotha and hung on a cross for our sins. So there's great irony. Do you see this great irony in this story today? That that Jesus gets rid of the leper's burden, right? He was a social outcast. Um, And the result is the leper's burden of being driven and forced out of community, out of society, being on the outside, is what happens to Jesus. 
He could no longer enter a town, but he had to stay in desolate, lonely places. So Jesus assumed the man's loneliness. Jesus assumed the man's guilt in a way. Jesus assumed all of that. Jesus was on the inside and the leper stood outside. But now the leper's on the inside and Jesus is on the outside. He and the leper, the insider and the outsider, they've traded places. They've switched roles. And so what Mark wants us to see is this clear picture of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is the servant of the Lord who bears the iniquities, the sins of others, Isaiah 53, and who bears them in such a way that he is numbered, that he is counted with the transgressors, with sinners. What I hope everyone here is, is beginning to see is that Jesus is the God of the cross. Jesus is the God who hides himself where no one wants to look. Jesus is the God who the religious insiders don't expect and the religious outsiders flock to see. Jesus is there for me, for you, for us. He's the God of outcasts and misfits. He's the God of lepers and nobodies. And Jesus is both able and he's willing to heal us and cleanse us. So able and willing that he went all the way to Golgotha on the cross to cleanse us, all the way to Calvary, to trade places with us, to become lonely for us, to become forsaken for us, to bear the guilt and shame that we deserve and that we have for us. So we would be brought into communion with God and community with one another. And so have you come to a place where you're feeling hopeless? Are you in a situation where you feel helpless right now? Are you full of guilt today? Are you alone? Are you wondering where to get help? This is an invitation to come to Jesus, to kneel before the king of this kingdom that is so great and so good where there is true renewal for you in Christ. Would you come? Father, we thank you that no matter what ailment it is that we have, <clears throat> sickness and even death, that you in Christ are the cure. And I pray that you would help us all in this room and beyond to see, to hear, and to run and come and kneel before King Jesus as the cure.